Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in northern Colorado with you for the next hour. And we do invite you to call in to ask your questions or to give your prayer requests. You just heard the number 303-690-3000. That is the call-in number. In other words, you call that number we will have a conversation on uh, the air, and we will pray for you. We will answer your questions. We will go to the Word of God. We will go to the throne of God. And then um, then we will continue those calls as the calls come in. So we got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Welcome, everyone, on this last day of January Those of you who are listening on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado, Pueblo West, Fountain, Colorado Springs, 101.7, welcome. Love to hear from you guys. That's my old stomping grounds down there. Uh, Lived a lot of years down there, started ministry down there. So grateful for you in Southern Colorado. And then uh, 98.7 here in Northern Colorado, Grace FM, a powerful signal uh, as uh, we uh, have that range from Castle Rock and Parker up through the metro area and up into southern Wyoming. So I'd love to hear from you guys in Wyoming. Uh, just love you guys up there, and and I'd love to hear from you guys. So you're listening live today, this afternoon, on this Monday, the 31st of January. We're, we're just about done with January. I'm always glad to have January over with. Um, it's my least favorite month, but... Um, we are going to head into February. We do have some weather coming in tomorrow night. Be sure to to pay attention uh, when that's coming in and take precautions because it's not only um, several inches of snow coming along the Front Range from Cheyenne down to southern Colorado along the Front Range, but also bitter, bitter cold. So you want to take precautions. So be looking at those advisories that are out right now. And uh, just make those preparations for winter driving. So, so glad you can join us. Those of you who are listening in on Radio by Grace, you two are listening live over 70 stations throughout the nation. Welcome. Uh, been so blessed to hear from you, you on uh, different parts of the country, Radio by Grace. And so give us a call. We'd love for you to be able to uh, call us and uh, have that conversation and ask your questions, your prayer requests. And then we welcome also those who are listening in on Truth FM and Hope FM and Higher Rock Radio. You're a week delayed, but you can call, and uh, we'll have the conversation. And it just means that you listen to it next week. But many of you are listening online as well. we got online listeners uh, throughout the country and uh, also got someone from Ukraine that's listening. So welcome, all of you. So glad to be a part of um, your lives in a part of Calvary Chapel or Calvary Live so we can come together and we can just encourage each other. This is the show where we get to do that, answer questions, pray for you. So we got a couple open lines, 
303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Most of you who are regular listeners to Calvary Live, you know the text line is another way for you to ask a question or a prayer request, and that is for texting only. Be sure that you're safe when you're texting, and uh, we will go to those text questions and prayer requests as time permits. Also, just a quick note that that text line is available 24-7 for you to text in a prayer request, and, and the staff and uh, the prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora will be looking at those and praying for you. And I just think it's a wonderful resource for you to be able to, any time, day or night, any day, to be able to text in a prayer request. And we, we need to be praying. We need to pray for one another. And it's so important that we do that. And we're available to do that here on the show. So 303-690-3000. Hey, this is your show. Call in. We've got a couple open lines. And then 720-336-0897. Let's go to Rebecca in Aurora. Rebecca? Yes. You're on Calvary Life. Thank you for calling. Oh, yes. Great. Thanks. I have a question. I understand that there are letters that have been written in the Bible, and then the Bible describes that the letters were sent to various places or townships. And I'm curious to understand, how did those letters actually get delivered, and who specifically received the letters and then shared the information that was in the letters to the people. Yeah, yeah, it's very fascinating, isn't it? And, you know, I think about, I was um, thinking about in the book of uh, Romans, for example, in Romans chapter 16, Paul greets all these people, and I believe uh, he mentions the one that's going to deliver the letter to the church at Rome. Where exactly it was delivered, don't know for sure. Um, I haven't researched it um, in depth, but we do know that some of those letters, usually Paul in his epistles will mention the person who carried that letter. And uh, what you think about, what an awesome responsibility. Can you imagine carrying the book of Romans from Paul? Um, that that's, that's just, uh, I think about that not really fully understanding that they're carrying the Word of God, inspired, God-breathed, put to the page. So we get hints of it as we go through the New Testament, those letters that were delivered. And, um, you know, John on the island of Patmos would receive, as he wrote down the book of Revelation, then it is believed that he would go to Ephesus and he would uh, present that letter to them uh, The at the end of the first century. Uh, the gospel writers, um, who were they presented to, what church? Um, I haven't really looked into it, but I'm sure that there's some research on that as well. We know that John's gospel was the last gospel that was written again towards the end of the first century. But you, you can read all this, and it's very fascinating, the question that you're asking, how it was put all together and um, and how it was delivered and who was carrying those letters and how God's Word was entrusted to them. And, and um, I, I think it's it's fascinating. We do know, for example, the the letters that were written, I believe, to seven churches um, in the New Testament. That's Colossae, Ephesians, Philippians. I would imagine that it would go to the church, uh, to the pastor of that church in red. We also know that there are letters that were written by Paul that is not in the canon of Scripture. For example, in the book of Colossians, 
that the pastor would um, read the the letter from Paul. There's no evidence that Paul had ever been in Colossae, but he knew the Christians there. Um, and also, he would write a letter to the church at Laodicea, uh, Rebecca, and that letter is not in the canon of Scripture, but Paul mentions it. He says to you know those who were in Colossae in that epistle, he says, make sure that you read the letter uh, of the to the church at Laodicea. Make sure you read that letter as well. And I would have loved to have known or seen that letter, what Paul wrote to them, because it would be some 30-some years later that Jesus writes a church, uh, letter to the church of Laodicea, doesn't he? And he says to them at that time that you guys, that you're the lukewarm church. And there were some, really, some real problems there. So you start looking at that. Um, the church at Ephesus that, um, you know, it was written to them. But also it seems to indicate that the, the letter to the church at Ephesus, as you read that, um, it was to be read in some of the other churches of Proconsular Asia because Paul, his third missionary journey, his base of operation was in Ephesus. And, and then from there, those other churches in Proconsular Asia uh, were given and um, and were started through the school of Tyrannus. Um, and then you have Jesus writing letters, those seven letters, to the seven churches of Proconsular Asia, and they were addressed to the messenger. And the messenger the uh, is what they believe to be the pastor of the church, um, that letter to, to them. And those are powerful, powerful letters because we can make application for our own lives. And, you know, Rebecca, I think about um, we have the Word of God given to us, been delivered to us, preserved through the centuries, through the millenniums. Um, and it's an amazing, amazing thing. We owe a great deal of gratitude to the Old Testament scribes and to the New Testament writers and those who delivered those letters to, to preserve them. It, to me, it's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Well, thank you so much. So I wish, you know, I had more specific information for you, but you can probably read on it. And I, I think it's a fascinating subject, a good question that you asked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks so much. You are welcome so much. You have a good day, okay? Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Let me introduce myself again. I'm usually with you on Monday and Tuesday on Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I have pastored Calvary Chapel Greeley here for 26 years. It's been such a privilege. I'm so blessed to be in this community, to be ministering in the days in which we are in. They're not easy days. Uh, particularly, they have been challenging uh, over the last couple of years with COVID and everything else going on. But we are here for such a time as this. And uh, what a privilege to be able to be a part of the body of Christ and to be used in these days that we are in. So give me a call. You just heard those numbers that I just gave to you. We got an open line. Love to talk with you and and just encourage you and and um, just uh, talk about those things that are important. And we get to do that here on this show. Let's go to New Jersey with Ruben. Hey. Hey, how are you, Ruben? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Welcome so, to the program. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah. So I, I just had a question about um, the identity of Elihu in the book of Job. Um, mm -hmm. In the beginning of the book and in the end of the book, he's not mentioned yet. Near the end of the book, uh, he does surface um, onto the scene and, and gives his uh, counsel over to Job. Um, I just wanted to see um, what your perspective was on that and if he would be considered a voice of reason or if he would be classified with Job's friends. Yeah, well, you know, I have to kind of just, I'm thinking, because he had his his um, his counselors, didn't he? And he was, uh, Elihu was a critic of Job, and he was not a part of the three friends that initially started out, the three counselors of Job in the beginning of the book when they're, in the ash, you know, ash heap, you know, um, there with him, mourning for Job's loss, and they begin to give him counsel as you begin the beginning of the book of Job. And as the time goes on, uh, you have those three friends, uh, Eliphaz and Tamarite and Bildad. Um, uh, the uh, So far was the third one. And as you look at that, you you see that, Job ends up calling them miserable counselors. And one of the reasons, as you go through all those chapters, all those chapters of the book of Job, you see that there's kind of, in a way, as you sum it up, that Job, you must have done something pretty bad for this to happen to you. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the book, you have this other counselor that shows up, doesn't he? And he begins to give counsel. And, um, and, he claims that the righteous have a share of prosperity in this life, um, no less than the wicked. And he teaches that God is supreme, must acknowledge and submit to the supremacy because of God's wisdom. So, you know, he comes on the scene as, as one as well, a critic of Job and his three friends. And so that's what we see there. And you can read those chapters there. And I believe... I'm trying to find exactly what chapters he is in. Do you have the reference there? Chapter 36, um, he proclaims God's goodness. Before that, chapter 35, he condemns self-righteousness is what he does. And then he proclaims God's majesty at the end of chapter 36. Uh, so he, he steps in and he begins to talk, uh, you know, giving all these monologues and stuff. And he, he does speak. He He said... Um, do you think this is right? Do you say my righteousness is more than God's? And then he speaks of God's goodness, and then he speaks of God's majesty, and he continues speaking in that. And um, so, you know, his his um, he just kind of gives this critic of them, and um, he goes through that and um, kind of takes it from there. Was there something you were looking for specifically? Um, I guess just insight on, like, on 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 his accuracy, like whether or not he would be the voice of reason in the situation, or if he would have been classified with Job's friend. Yeah, and you know what I'd have to do is go back and read through those. It's been a while since I've looked at Job and stuff, and and just really look at it and the notes and everything else on it and stuff. Um, so, um, you know, right here on the show, I, I don't have, 
you know, the time to say, can you give me a minute <laughs> and look at Reed? But I do know that he, he does, he does talk about the Lord, his goodness, his mercy. He's a critic of Job and get more specifically in there. Um, as he talks about it, um, he, he really is in chapters 32 through 37 as he opens up his discourse. Um, and his, it's more, it's more modest than the other guys that were um, speaking it with Job. His words different from those of his three friends um, as he's talking more about divine providence and stuff. And uh, he, you know, um, it, it seems like he was listening intently to the conversation between Job and the other three men. Um, but he is also, there's a little bit of humility. He states he's not an elder. Um he reveals his anger against the three older men, uh, was very strong. He can't contain himself. You see that as well. Uh, he, and he's critical, both Job and his friends. He says, I have words for a reply for you and your friends. So he, he's interesting as you read that. Um, and he is one that uh, claims that righteousness has their share of prosperity in this life, no less than the wicked, as they said, and teaches that God is supreme and that one must acknowledge and submit to that supremacy because of God's wisdom. And he draws instances of, you know, for example, the constant wonders of creation and season. So he has a, a, a lot of good things to say about the Lord and the sovereignty of God and the righteousness of God. Um, and then he finishes his speech abruptly and he kind of disappears uh, without a trace at the end of chapter 37. So um, you kind of read that and you look at that, this one who's listening in, it's kind of like the saying other people's conversations are more interesting and he just couldn't hold it in and he begins to reply to them. So, But I'd have to look at it more carefully to really get a, a in-depth analysis of it once again. Yeah, thank you. And, and here's the other thing. Elihu... I don't believe that he's mentioned, and if you've read this, he is not mentioned in the rebuke from God in Job chapter 42. And maybe that's a good sign, you know? And uh, he did the other guys. Um, He he corrects Job, but not Elihu. So um, I find that interesting as well. Yeah, exactly. And and that was the part that really peaked in me, because, again, it's he's mentioned in the end verses, but not in closing and not in the opening. So yeah, so yeah, so all this starts to come back to me, all those chapters a little bit because I've taught through the Book of Job and there's so much that is there. But you know, the other three friends, as you read it, they're going, "Job, you did something wrong." Because God, you know, it's kind of like you had to do something wrong, or, or this is why you're going through it. You need to just come out and tell us what your sin is. And Job, that's why he called them miserable counselors. And so Elihu, I think he brings some, you know, some reasonable, um, you know, words to God is righteous. God, you know, he proclaims his goodness. He proclaims his majesty and, and he's not corrected by the Lord. So I think he had some more sound words to say to Job than the other three guys. Amen. Amen. Hey, good question. Amen. Incredible yeah. book, isn't it? Uh, amazing. Uh, I read it so often, and yet each time it's I'm, I'm learning something new. And, you know, and again, I think another key that I just brought out is he didn't like what the other three guys were saying. He was aroused, as you read chapter 32. 
Um, and so he was like, you know, hey, guys, I'm, I got a few things to say. And there's a time for us that we need to give sound words to others um, when, you know, there is conversation or a brother needs to be uplifted and counseled. And we need to give good counsel, godly counsel, edification, building people up. So, hey, thanks for your question. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you and God bless. You bet, Ruben. Good question. 303-690-3000. Job's a huge book and a lot there. And to go through it, um, there's a lot that's there, a lot of discussion that beyond that. But just I, I love it when people are reading the Bible and they're, they're asking these questions and um, making these observations and interpretations and how we can apply it in our own lives. Um, it's wonderful to be able to do that. I believe we got an open line. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Bob in Philadelphia. Bob? Pastor Jeff, how are you doing, how? sir? Good. How are you? Welcome to the program. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking my call. I'd be doing good better if I could just control my anger and my mouth at work, mm-hmm. uh, work in retail foods. And I'm just, it's not like, I don't feel that I'm overworked. I just can't understand why other people just can't get it to be on the same page. Uh, we've had several meetings, how things are supposed to go. And I don't know if it's just the work ethic where people are just ignorant. They don't care. They're lazy, but forget them. I would just like slow to slow to no slow to anger. Uh, I, I just had the scripture in my head. Um, wrath and anger. Like, how do I control, or how can I work on myself? To right. Chill. Do you understand where yeah. I'm going with this? Yeah, I I do understand because there's probably people listening right now that are saying I I get angry at work, and you know the these people and what they say what comes out of their mouth. And, you know, the thing about it is as Christians, you know, we are different in our speech and, and people can get under our skin and um, really, you know, it's like um, we're told that we are to put aside, put away anger and to, to know we're going to be in the world that people are going to say things and do things and act a certain way that is going to make us angry but what we are to do is, as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter uh, 5, that don't let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is necessary for edification that you may impart grace to the hearers and don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. He goes on and he says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away with you from all malice. And then what you're to do is you're to put on tenderheartedness, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. So he goes on and he he goes on to say, putting off those things, um, how we talk, um, as you move in. That's chapter 4 I read to you, by the way, chapter 4 in Ephesians, verse 29 through 32. Then in chapter 5, he says, walk in love, walk in the light, walk in wisdom. He talks about how we act. Um, what we put off, um, you know, these different things. And so those are good chapters to look at. But there's one way, as you read the Word of God, to ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Help me. I don't want any corrupt word coming out of my mouth. 
I don't want to be full of anger. I don't want to be full of wrath. But Lord, help me to just be able to say those things that are going to help others, to say those things that you would want me to say. It doesn't mean we don't ever bring correction. It doesn't mean we don't ever bring rebuke. But we're to speak the truth in love and and to put aside that anger because there's things in the world that are going to anger us, and we do get angry. But we don't want to just every day be full of anger. We want to put it aside, and we are to speak the truth in love and be quick to hear and slow to speak, as Proverbs says, and to ask the Lord for help, and it has to be a work of the Spirit. Um, Sometimes people will say, well, I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind, and I tell them, listen, you you need to keep every piece that you can keep, all right? Um, <laughs> you don't have to give them a piece of your mind. And it, it just takes wisdom and discernment and asking the Lord for wisdom and discernment. And um, and I, I think you just will be able to minister to others, be able to speak into other people's lives. But if you got anger, they see that anger. They see it on the countenance on your face. Um, you know, you've probably been around somebody who's just an angry person. And um, we want to be ones that we have that excellent spirit within us. We're, we're getting ready to uh, study the book of Daniel. And I think about what Daniel had to put up with. I mean, he's working for the most powerful man on the face of the earth that was a hothead that would chop you in pieces and throw you into a burning, fiery furnace. But yet, he was known as one as has, having an excellent spirit, and he would speak truth into Nebuchadnezzar's life, into Belshazzar's life, and he said, Belshazzar, you know, here's the deal. Uh, you're going to go down tonight, and your kingdom's going to be given to the Medes and the Persian. So he wasn't afraid of truth, but there was just that excellent spirit, and that's what you want to pray. Lord, I just want to have the Spirit of God that's flowing through me. Give me wisdom and discernment. I don't want to speak corrupt words, and I don't want to just be full of wrath and anger to put those things aside and to be to be guided by you and and for you to help me to do that because it has to be a work of the Spirit because we get, otherwise, you know, all these things get under our skin. And one of the things that I, I have seen, unfortunately, particularly in the last couple of years with Christians, is I've seen a lot of Christians be angry. They're very angry. They're angry at, you know, the politics. They're angry at this situation. They're angry at the mandates. They're angry at all these things. I get it. I understand that. But I don't want to live my life being angry. I want to live my life trusting the Lord and looking to Him and and just having the wisdom of God to maneuver through all this junk and stuff that we have to deal with on a daily basis, and he will help you, and he will guide you in that. I appreciate it. Going forward, I will direct my prayer to help me in that aspect of my life. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Hey, can I, pray for you? can I pray for you? Hey, Bob, before uh, you leave? Absolutely. Father, I pray for Bob. I thank you for the honesty of his heart, and, and Lord, just wanting to put aside that anger and be wise in the words that he speak, and and Lord, I pray that you would do that work in his life and in his heart and on a daily basis, because it, it can be hard when we hear things, when people get under skinned, corrupt words that they speak, worldly things, as we see things that aren't right. 
Lord, um, but we want to be ones that we don't want to lash out. We don't want to be full of wrath. We don't want to be full of, of just anger going through life every day being angry. But, Lord, that you would work on his heart, that you would just help him be the man of God that you want him to be in in his love, in his faith, in his purity, in his speech, in in his conduct. And, Lord, help him to do that. Bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you hear the music, so we're going to be right back. I believe that we have an open line or two, so grab it, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday evening. Maybe you're driving home from work or maybe you're going to work. Uh, maybe perhaps back from practice, from the kids' basketball practice or whatever, uh, maybe getting a, a snack for the kids at home. Maybe you are, um, you know, just at the office finishing up. would love to hear from you. And uh, we have two open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Had some great questions, uh, challenging questions in the first half of the show. Um, it just blesses me as people read their Bible and they're uh, wanting further discussion and explanations of the Word of God. We will go to, to the Word of God. I will do my best to help you um, as we look at those things and uh, to study the Word of God uh, and um, together as we look to His truth. And so uh, just um, just excited to be with you. So also to pray with you as well. So uh, two open lines, 303-690-3000, the call-in number. The text line, 720-336-0897. We'll go to the text line as time permits us to be able to do that. Um, and uh, we are going to go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Chris in Aberdeen, Maryland. Chris? Yes, how you doing, right? Good. Welcome to the program. Yes, um... I was speaking with the gentleman on the phone. He was screening. Um, basically, I ran into um, Spurgeon's downgrade, and um, it's basically it hit a nerve with me because I've run into uh, you know both sides. I ran into you know a lot of good teachers, but I've also ran into you know, false teachers, and unfortunately, those that have believed false teaching. Um, and then I just I want to know where where we draw the line. How far shall we? go along with these people that are not only believing false doctrine, but are also spreading the false doctrine. Well, you're, you're asking something that's really important. There are, there's false doctrine, and false doctrine is a dangerous thing. We have throughout the New Testament that the writers of the New Testament, Peter speaks about that, particularly in his second epistle. Paul writes about that. You know, sometimes we think about in the early church that, People say, oh, I wish it was like the early church. There was a lot of problems in the early church, and that's why a lot of those epistles were ad- addressed um, and written to bring correction. 
and there was the Gnostics, there was, um, you know, denial of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Paul writes about that, and he uh, also writes about the danger of false teachers. When he wrote to Timothy particularly, uh, he would say to Timothy uh, that you need to, to establish sound doctrine once again. Um, he even was addressing those who were the legalists, that they have no idea what they're talking about, essentially is what he says to them. And, and Paul writes something that's very important for us to understand, that he said that the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times that some would depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, and speaking lies and hypocrisy. And and he uh, goes on to say there are those who are going to be given um, the teaching that uh, that godliness is a means of gain, a prosperity kind of gospel. He said, have nothing to do with them. Uh, he says to Timothy in his last words, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up from themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Again, Peter, he writes in his epistle about these false teachers, how they're prevalent, the the, the doom of uh, false teachers, the destructive doctrines, the depravity of false teachers, the deception of false teachers. So there is warning given to us all throughout the scriptures about false teaching. So it's not a matter of putting up with them. We are to we are to expose this false teaching. But one of the ways that being a you know a pastor for thirty years teaching here um, in Greeley for twenty six years uh, when we came up to start the church is yes we want to expose the false teaching. But the best way to do that is to give the true teaching. It's kind of like a bank t- teller. How did they learn to tell a, a counterfeit that comes through? What they train them to do is to know the real $100 bill or $50 bill. So when the false comes by, they can spot it. And the best way for a Christian is to know the Word of God, sound doctrine, and I think one of the, the best ways to do that is going through the Scriptures, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, line upon line, because you have to take the whole Scriptures in context. That's why uh, I do that. That's why I teach through the books of the Bible. Um, rather than taking one verse and then twisting it and making a false doctrine out of it, when you teach systematically through the Scriptures, then you have to keep everything in context, and that's what you're to do. If you don't keep it in context, you have the con. And and so the best way to get people established in the Word of God, and Paul writes about that in Second Timothy chapter 3. He says, listen, Timothy, there's going to be those of corrupt minds. There's going to be those that are going to be counterfeit. There's going to be those who are going to persecute you. And we're in perilous times. And he says we must continue in the Scriptures. And all Scripture is inspired by God, that is, God breathed, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So, no, we are to expose the false doctrine. And I'll tell you what, there's there's more and more weird stuff that is out there today, and we are to back it up with the truth of God's Word and be committed to the Word of God and and try to encourage people to, to be in a church where they are going through the scriptures and have sound doctrine. And uh, there are certain issues we may not agree on, 
Um, but the essentials are there, and the truth of God's word is spelled out to us. Uh, but th- there's a lot of uh, more and more deception that is out there. And I tell my people, if you don't know the word of God, you will get deceived in the day in which we are in. Absolutely. It's basically what it's been on my heart because I got family members that, you know, they, they seem to have a hunger for the word, but at the same time, they're spreading the, the false doctrine, like the prosperity and then the, the hyper charismatic with the healing and all that stuff. So I've been dealing with it for a long time, but you know, I just want to know how long I should put up with it and when I should just basically cut ties, like you said, just, you know. Well, you, you, yeah, and it's hard, isn't it? And it's hard when you got family members and you give them the truth. You give them the truth of God's word, and that's how you combat it. And um, and you keep everything in context, you know, so they can see it and pray that the Lord will open up their eyes. But so many have been involved in the prosperity gospel, which is not the gospel, and there's the warnings given about that. Um, and, you know, it, the cults, the, um, you know, just the weird things that are out there today. And the way that we we combat it is giving them the truth of God's word and let the word of God do its work and pray and pray. But it's a great need, I believe, in the church today is good, sound doctrine. And I always encourage people, make sure that you're in the church is teaching not just from the Bible, but the preference should be teaching through the Bible, teaching through the books of the Bible, and teaching through the Bible to where um, you can, you know, gain um, and be established in good sound doctrine, and you can be established as you go through it, line upon line, precept upon precept. That's the safest way. And um, so uh, let me pray for you as you minister to your family. So, Lord, I just... Uh, pray for Chris as he calls in and and just heavy on his heart about uh, the truth of your word as he wants to minister to those in his family that embrace that which is false, that you would open up their eyes to that which is false, that they would be ones that would be established in your truth. And Lord, that you would use Chris, give him the words that you want to, uh, to speak truth into their lives And Lord, may all of us be ones that we want to be established in truth. We want to be established in sound doctrine. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. You bet. God bless you. All right. 303-690-3000. Got two open lines. Text line 720-336-0897. I just want to reiterate this before we go back to the the phone lines, it's imperative today that we be growing in the Word of God. And it's not a legalistic thing. It's not a high-pressure thing. It is wisdom and uh, because there's a lot of voices out there. And there's a lot of churches that are teaching, you know, from the Bible, and they're teaching sound doctrine. You want to make sure that you are in a place that they are going to teach you that sound doctrine and that you're learning the scriptures, going through the books of the Bible, and um, that's the way to grow, and that's the way to mature. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and there's no shortcut to maturity than to be established in the Word of God. And I have committed myself here at Calvary Chapel uh, in Greeley to teach through the books of the Bible. And at the end of February, when I finish Malachi, it'll be twice— that I've taken the congregation through 
all 66 books of the Bible. So um, I feel a strong responsibility uh, in doing that and what God has called me to do. And uh, so I just want to do that and um, and and be established in sound doctrine. Otherwise, you're going to get deceived in the days in which we are in. There's there's just too many voices out there. Uh, there's there's weirdness out there. Be wise and discerning. And uh, the Bible talks about in the latter days that there are going to be those who are going to depart from sound doctrine and from that which is true, given over to itchy ears. And uh, we want to make sure we know our Bibles. So enough of that. Got um, a couple, uh, two open lines, and let's go to Bobby Lee in Atlanta. Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee, are you on? He's gone. Well, there's a couple calls that came in. They weren't able to hang on to the line. One was uh, Desiree from Thornton. She wanted prayer, so we, I want to pray for her. Uh, she wasn't able to to hold on the line. And by the way, I believe we got all open lines now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. So uh, grab one of those open lines. But I do want to pray for Desiree. Um, she's out of the hospital post-COVID, but has pneumonia and shortness of breath. So, Father, I just pray for her. I just pray that you would continue. Lord, she's out of the hospital, but now she has pneumonia. And, Lord, that you bring healing to her and strength and help her to breathe and and uh, to clear her lungs, Lord. And we just pray for her that uh, you would touch her body, that you would strengthen her body, bring healing to her body, to her lungs, and, Lord, that you would help her in, um, in just getting her strength back. And, Lord, that you would also minister your comfort to her and that she would just look to you uh, in every way. Uh, and we just ask for that. Let's see. I think she's back now. Are, are you there, Desiree? Desiree? Are you there? Okay. Anyway, but... Um, we just pray, Lord, that you would bless her and help her. Um, and you, you know where she's at. We just ask for this healing. In Jesus' name, amen. And then we got a call from Atlanta, Bobby Lee, having financial problems with um, in his health. Uh, also, uh, he wants prayer for uh, good health. And so, Father, we pray for Bobby Lee, who wasn't able to hang on to the phone line and uh, had to drop but you know his financial situation. We pray that you would help him, that you be with him, that you would guide him and provide for him. Lord, you care about every area of our lives. And Lord, I also pray that you would just help him with his health. You know, um, right now he, he may be feeling good, but just to remain healthy um, and any health issues that he has, that you would just uh, help him to remain strong. And again, provide for him in every way and just draw him to you. And we thank you for your promises that you care for us. You care about every area of our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we got all open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. So I'd love for you to be able to call in. Hey, I usually don't talk a whole lot about what we got going on here at Calvary Chapel. I like to get to the phone lines. I like to answer your questions because the hour goes by so quickly. But I just want to uh, just to give a quick announcement. 
This Sunday, we are going to finish the book of Matthew. We've been in Matthew's gospel for almost two years and taking our time going through those 28 chapters. We'll finish this week. And then a week from this Sunday, we're going to start a study in the book of Daniel. And so I invite you up in the Greeley area to come out and see us or join us. Wherever you're at, you can join us. We have live stream at 9.30 and 11 o'clock to two later services. We have three morning services at 8, 9.30 and 11 o'clock. We have children's ministry at all three of those services. We have uh, middle schoolers that meet at the 9.30 and 11 o'clock. We'd love for you to come out and join us for a Daniel study. And it's called the most interesting book in the Bible because Daniel is such a powerful, powerful book because it's very practical as we look at Daniel's life how he was committed to the Lord, how he was used of the Lord. I mean, he's just a young man, and he gets taken off into captivity, uh, 17 years old, probably never to see his parents again, never to see his family if he had siblings. He's working for the most powerful man on the face of the earth, Nebuchadnezzar, who would chop you up into little pieces if you made him mad enough, and yet he was able to stand firm for the Lord and be used of the Lord and was blessed by the Lord. So we learn so much from the person of Daniel, but we also learn so much from the prophecies of Daniel. And for us to have a good understanding of biblical prophecy, we need to know the book of Daniel. Matter of fact, the book of Daniel is called the forerunner to the book of Revelation. So it's a study that I invite you to come out. You'll be tremendously blessed. The book of Daniel, we're going to go through all 12 chapters of Daniel And I think that uh, you're going to be established very well in the prophecies that are before us, especially as Daniel begins to speak about the whole foundation of Bible prophecy is that he speaks about the nations, the empires, the Gentile nations that will come on the scene from the time of Daniel to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And as we talk about those things, we know that the nations play a role in the last days. And as we will look at the book of Daniel, we're going to see amazing prophecies concerning the last days, amazing prophecies concerning the coming of Messiah. And and so I think that you're going to be tremendously blessed as we look at that. So we invite you out. You can get directions, calvarychapelgreeley.org, O-R-G, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Love to have you come out. We can minister to your whole family and uh, for that study of Daniel, or you can watch live stream wherever you're at for that study in the book of Daniel, and especially when we see things that are going on right now. One of the text questions that just came up is, what are the signs of the end? And one of the signs that we know is what nations, what's going on. We know that Israel plays a role in the last days. They're back into the land. That is called the super sign of the last days. And a lot of things cannot happen unless Israel is back in the land, becomes a nation once again. Ezekiel 37, inhabiting the ancient cities, uh, planting the land. Uh, The land is blossoming once again. And Amos says that once they come back into the land, they're not going to be plucked out. And many of the prophecies cannot happen in the last days unless Israel is a nation once again. So Israel is the epicenter and the focal point of end-time prophecy. It is not the United States. Matter of fact, the United States is not really mentioned specifically in end-time prophecy. There may be a a couple um, references of of maybe 
protesting on behalf of an invasion that's going to happen led by Russia. We see Russia right now that is, uh, you know, preparing for war, perhaps, um, as they have 120,000, 130,000 troops on the border of Ukraine. Are they going to invade? There, There's the negotiations that are going out. We pray for those in Ukraine. Matter of fact, we have a listener in Ukraine that listens in regularly to Calvary Live. We are praying for you guys, um, and we are praying for Ukraine. And we know that they will, in the last days, they will turn south and they will head into Israel with a massive invasion with along with Turkey and with Iran, Ezekiel 38. And uh, so we're going to be looking at all these things. And we need to be wise in the days in which we were living in. And I can't help but think about that it was Daniel that he would read the handwriting on the wall for Belshazzar. And you and I, as we are wise in the days in which we're in, there's a lot of signs concerning the end days um, that Jesus speaks about in all of it discourse. Hey, these are the birth pangs. You know, these are the beginning of sorrows, uh, wars and rumors of war, pestilence, earthquakes, lawlessness that will abound, uh, nations with perplexity, with distress of nations, men's heart being filled with fear, all those things. And we're going to talk about that in our study of Daniel. So looking forward to that. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to... Rico in Armatillo, Texas. Rico? Yes, I'm Rico. here. How are you? Welcome to Calvary Live. Yeah, I, I listen to you every day and I learn a lot. Good. You got a question for me? Yeah, I have a question on Isaiah 56, uh, chapter 1 and 2. Uh, you have your Bible there? Or? I can read it, but I, I don't read very good English, but I think I can read enough so you can understand me. Yeah, and I'll be happy to read it. Do you want to read it? Because you're doing fine. I, I can try to read it. Okay. Okay. Thus say the Lord, keep the adjustment to the justice for me. Salvation is near to come and by righteousness to be revealed. And number two, I'm on a, I already read number one, I'm reading number two. Blessed is the man that does this and the son of man that lay it hold of it to keep mm-hmm. the, keep the Shabbat uh, from polluting me. Uh, I, the guy who takes my answer, I ask him the what the word polluting means. So what chapter are you in again? I'm sorry, I didn't catch you. I thought you said 52. 56. 56. Okay. 56 verses 1 and 2. Keep justice and righteousness. My salvation is about to come. And who keeps defiling the Sabbath? Who keeps his hand from doing any evil. So as we look at that, you know, Isaiah is writing during a time of, um, you know, the nation was, they were going through the religious activities. They were observing the Sabbath. They were doing sacrifices, but they were doing it in a way that was not righteous. They were doing it in a way to where there wasn't justice. Matter of fact, Isaiah, in all those chapters, he's telling the people that, um, you know, that 
the indictment against them is they uh, were ripping each other off. There, there was paganism involved in their worship and in the Sabbath and all of this. And he is telling them that you're to keep justice, do righteous, and blessed is the man who does this. And he's talking about obedience to the Lord. But here's the key, that not only Isaiah speaks about it, but Jeremiah, Ezekiel, um, we were looking at it in our study uh, this morning I was reading out of Zechariah, that they were just they were doing the fast, they were keeping the Sabbath, they were keeping the feast, but it was all in a way that they were defiled. They were doing it in false worship, paganism, immorality, all these things, and the Lord is getting them back to that you need to not defile the Sabbath. You're to keep it holy. You're to keep it in a way, these feasts, and, and not just activity, but true devotion to me, and you're to keep justice and righteousness. And in this chapter, chapter 56, he begins to talk about salvation for the Gentiles. So he he's trying to get them to think about just because you observe the Sabbath doesn't mean that you're not defiling the Sabbath, because you're defiling it with your false worship and your false, you know, uh, beliefs and the false teachers that came on the scene and the pagan worship that came with it. He's telling them, put all those things away. Okay? Okay. Very good. And, you know, that's one of the things that the Lord really emphasizes in the the Old Testament when he indicted God's people. He said, listen, you know, it's not just activity, it's devotion to me. Um, in Zechariah, they wanted to know, should we continue and fast? And the Lord says, were you really fasting for me? Or were you just doing it for yourselves? Were you doing the offerings for me? Or were you just doing it for yourself? And so he's getting them to realize that it's not just going through the motions and being religious and doing religious activity, but to do it in the right heart and do it in a right way that it is to draw us closer to the Lord. The Sabbath was to be a day of rest so that you can be refreshed and renewed in the Lord. Well, we know that in the New Testament that Jesus rebuked the religious leaders because they came along and said that Jesus and his disciples broke the Sabbath. And and so, you know, they just made it a day of burdens and regulations and all of this. In the Old Testament, they had all this paganism that was involved in it. So um, it's, you know, it, it was very interesting uh, as you read those things and consider those things. Let's go to Eileen and Eaton. Eileen? Yes. How can we pray for you? Oh, I've just been suffering from COVID for three weeks, and my stomach oh, is no. upset, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Yeah. Okay. Father, I pray for Eileen. As before we end the show, she's been sick. And she's been struck with COVID. Her stomach is upset. I pray for your healing touch upon her right now. Even even now, she would start feeling your strength. Her stomach would clear up. Lord, just minister to her. Um, just help her. Um, just be with her. Lord, bring comfort to her. And Lord, strengthen her body. And we just commit her to you. And, Lord, we just pray together, asking for your mercy and healing touch upon her. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Eileen, we're going to keep praying for you, okay? Thank you. Thank you very much. 
You bet. Thank you for calling. Always a pleasure to to pray with you and minister to you in that way. We're getting towards the end of the show, and uh, and just so grateful for you and for all who have called today. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, so perhaps you wanted to call in but didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, give me a call tomorrow. I'll be back here in the chair um, tomorrow at the same time. Uh, so grateful to hear from you and your questions and challenging questions, and uh, you're reading your Bible and and we'll just do the best we can in answering those questions and bringing you clarity and understanding from the scriptures. But just um, pray that you have a great, great evening and a great week. Uh, Again, uh, here in Colorado, uh, along the Front Range, Grace FM listeners, uh, pay attention to uh, the weather forecast as we got a storm coming in tomorrow evening and just the cold weather and the preparations that go with it. Uh, just be aware of it and uh, be careful in, uh, as you're out in it or um, driving around and things like that. Just make sure that you have the precautions that you need to take and leave a little extra early, those kinds of things. And, um, and we'll all get through this and we will be heading into uh, February here and uh, longer days. And so thank you, everyone. God bless you. Give me a call tomorrow. Give me a call tomorrow or text me a question. We'll pick it up from here on Calvary Live at the same time. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.